0: I appreciate the resizing of the podium here, but I I've got a uh, a little drive that the Lord has has given me to try to push, and I don't know. Uh, I, I believe you guys have had me on a prayer list uh, for a while. Um, and part of what I wanted to share. First of all, I want to say I'm I'm honored and I'm I'm grateful that I was invited to come and and share today. And uh, I pray the Lord will help me to deliver what He has. So if you would uh, bow your heads with me in just a moment, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time. Lord, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for this opportunity to share. Um, a word that you have given for us. And I pray that you help me to deliver it and and help your uh, spirit to go forth from it and to touch each life and each heart here in the way that they need. We thank you for these things and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was, I was sitting back there and I'm I, I'm listening to some of the things that that... People say and my mind is, is running on many different thoughts. And, and I was sharing with uh, a couple of the guys this morning that I just kind of wing it a little bit. I believe the Lord has, uh, has His own timing and His own words. We can, we can prepare and write down a, a message and try to stay on track of things, but He gives us things. And, and I want to say to you, brother, I said, here's your miracle. And I'm not talking about me. And I'm a crier, let me tell you all right up front. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Believe me, it, it bothers me. I'm, I've never been a crier. But I cry all the time now. And, and that's okay. But the Lord delivered me uh, from the hand of death. And two years ago, almost today... Uh, I was in a coma, and it was—it's uh, was pretty bad. It, you know, I—I I tell the story uh, many times over, and each and every time I tell it, I would think it would be easier to tell, but it's not. I still cry, so y'all have to bear with me on some of that, and but. I was in the hospital, went in for a breathing treatment here in Tulsa, had bronchitis, um, but I stayed at home, I've had bronchitis many times, thought that I could just push right on through and and, and deal with it like I did many times before, uh, but I did not realize that I had pneumonia. So when I went in, all that came about, the breathing was really bad, kept dropping, they convinced my wife to convince me that I had to go on a vent. So I went on a vent. Then they had to put me in ICU. Uh, this is when COVID was running pretty rampant. Uh, so at that time, there was, no, there was no rooms in the whole state of Oklahoma. So I was at the Tulsa ER for several days. Um, my niece is a charge nurse at Baylor and Dallas, found out about it, talked to her bosses and they life to me to Baylor and Dallas. And and so somewhere in that time frame, either here or when I first got there, uh I got COVID, then I got COVID pneumonia. And and I was I was pretty pretty tore up. And it just kept dwindling on down from there. And uh, sometime during this early stage, uh, they rushed my wife in and made her set death arrangements because medically it was happening. But the Lord said no. The Lord had a different plan, a plan that none of us realize, plan that uh, we have no idea of things that, that lay before each of us. Each and every day, and so I heard something while I was in there, and I don't know where I heard it. I don't. I I couldn't tell you, but uh, once I came out of the coma, I heard uh, this saying, and it says, you know, they they tell you to push. You gotta you gotta push, in life, you gotta push, in in everything. It's it's work. And so it says to find your breaking point, is what I heard. And, and so I took that to heart. But the saying said, find your breaking point, and then break it. So that's why I wanted to stand here just a moment. I may not be able to stand very long. Because I, 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 my cousin Kim, i just seen him uh, not too long ago. And and I was in a wheelchair. And I was, uh, for the most part, full-time in a wheelchair. And so they uh, summarized a lot of it. They told me that I probably would never walk again. They told me that I would have to have a, a surgery on my throat in order to be able to speak. I didn't have to have the surgery. And they told me at a minimum... For the rest of my life, I would be on full-time oxygen. I don't have it. So I, I do use it. I will say that. I use it at night. I have to have it. But I'm not on full-time. Because the Lord said no. The Lord had a plan. And He has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And everybody had different prayer requests. And I dare say, I don't, I I don't know any of you, but just a couple. But I dare say every one of you had a prayer request, but maybe just didn't say it. Just held it in your heart and prayed for it in your own, in your own silence with the Lord. And that's okay. He hears it. But we have all kinds of things go on in our lives. Things that we have to deal with. Things that we, I said, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was strong enough. That I just told the Lord, won't you just go ahead and put me down for this COVID thing? Daniel didn't say just, just go ahead and sign me up for uh, lion's den duty. I'll, I'll take that one. I can handle it. You know, the three Hebrew children said, you know what? Heat don't bother me. I'll go there. But it's things that was afforded to them to do. We don't understand that we talked about the death, somebody's loved one had passed away. and You know, we we don't understand that in the physical sense of it. And it's a hard thing to deal with. It's a hard thing to talk about. So, you know, how are you going to really talk about it? Who's going to come back and refute what it is that you just said? We don't understand it other than we miss them. And they're gone and we hurt. And we have all these things. So I you know, I look at my wife and, and I, I I can't I can't imagine what must have been going through her mind watching all these things. She couldn't be with me, had to watch me through a little window, couldn't touch me, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. And then they rush her in and say, You gotta set death arrangements. He's dying. But the Lord had a different plan, and I'm grateful. I lost five cousins to this thing while I was in the hospital. They didn't make it. And, you know, sometimes I feel guilty. Because I say, why why me? Why did I make it? They, they had loved ones praying. It wasn't that I just had somebody praying. But the Lord... Had it set this way. So when I was in the hospital, and I was trying, I come out of the coma. I'm trying to figure some things out, and and I'm having a hard time figuring them out. But I remember praying, and I didn't make a deal with the Lord. I didn't say, Lord, if 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 you'll let me live, I'll do this, or whatever. But what I said was, if I get out and I make it. I will share your story. Because the Lord did a lot of things and He showed me a lot of things. He showed me where He took me from. He took me from the last breath and gave me more. And I'm grateful. And I say, maybe if somebody sees something through this and they're touched, and the light comes on, and they find the Lord, then I have to say this was worth it. But it's been a long, hard road. I just recently started walking. So my my legs are real weak. But again, they said I wouldn't do it. But the Lord showed me that I would. This is the first church that I've, I've actually gone and preached at since I've been out. But I've had church service since I've been able to, since I've been out. just have to sit in a a home or something and have everyone come over. But I want to share His story. I want to share history. Somebody said that a while ago. It's reading the book. It's history. It's His story. All of it. So I, I kind of titled this thing, Oh, but then. And, and the Lord has, has allowed me, for some reason, to almost like hear and see everything new since this. I look at everything different. I look at every breath that we all sit here now and we take. God is spoon feeding us a breath. And we look at those that are sick and in the hospital or in a bad injury or, or whatever and, and we think that that person is, is so close to death. But we are all the same distance from it. We're one breath away. But God is gracious and He gives us that breath every time. So it is a blessing. Every time we take a breath it's a blessing to be able to be here today david David said in the Bible he said that he he uh, he was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord i was I was glad when when they called and asked if I could come I don't I feel like Paul I'm not coming here with with excellency of speech because I'll probably have the worst speech of anybody you've had. But I don't have all that. I don't have all of the education and not theological and all these things here, but I know what the Lord's done. And there's nothing can change that. And so I say, oh, but then. So I hear songs new. I hear words and songs. I love, I love, I was talking to my son. You guys have your projector up here and you're, you're putting the words on the screen. And, and that's, I love that. Because people sometimes miss the words, they get caught up in the music. Nothing wrong with that, but they get caught up in the music and they miss the meaning and what it was that it, that was said. And so there's a song that I that I dearly love, and I'm sure most of you have heard it. And the the uh, the Gaithers sing it, called "It Is Finished." And I I love the song. But the Lord allowed me to hear some words in it. And this is kind of what I'm looking at now. You know, I, I say, you know, sometimes you, you question why. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay to question why. You know, because you, you wonder, why, why, why did this happen to me? But not accuse the Lord. That would be a dangerous thing to do. But sometimes I wonder, why why did this happen? why And I ask myself, why was I the one that lived? Why did my other cousins die? I'm no better than them. But He allowed this. So I said, because of this, I want to share your story. I want to tell what it was that He's done. So I'm looking and I'm reading in, in the verses... Of of uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter four, verse one. It says, "Then," and, and, and I never, I never really necessarily noticed this. I've I've heard it, I've heard it preached, I've read it, but it's like the Lord kind of stopped me in in this in this moment to to hear the words and to see what it what it really said that was going on. And it says, "Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit." Into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The spirit, the spirit of God, took Jesus, took him into the wilderness to purposely be tempted. Now, I just—I don't know—that just kind of struck me a little odd. Why? Why would Jesus be tempted? He's the Son of God. He's going to overcome everything. He's perfect. He's perfect. He said, all power of heaven and earth belongs to me. He can overcome any of it. But I believe that that God had had this in there for a purpose. Jesus needed to experience things that we experience. He lived as a man. He was a carpenter. Now, everybody got their own thoughts. But my thought is you know what? I bet he busted them fingers quite a bit. I don't think he went through a carpenter's life and never busted his finger. I believe he got cut by a saw or however they did it. I believe he got a splinter. I believe he had something drop on him. Had all these things that we experience. He was human. So he had to go and he had to be tempted of the devil. But this right here, just to kind of paint a little picture, just before this happened, he just came from getting baptized from John the Baptist. He had just gotten baptized and had this, this glorious experience. As I said, the heavens opened up and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. I imagine that was quite something. I imagine his soul was uplifted. But people saw this. But he experienced this. And right after this this big event, it's almost like the... Rug got jerked out from under him. Why did he have to go into the wilderness? That's what I said. I had just lost a bunch of weight. I just started feeling really good. My health was getting a lot better. We do, my my business, we do nutrition drinks and things. And I was feeling really good. But the Lord allowed that to happen because He knew That the rug's just about to get jerked out from under me. He let my health get up. He let that part get up too. He saw the picture. He knew it. But Jesus was led into the into the wilderness to be tempted. I said he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus knew um, uh, that he needed to learn. What what we know. Needed to experience what we experience. And because He did all these things, we can sit back and see and read the Scriptures and learn. We can make it. We can make it. Through Him. We don't have the power. We don't have the strength to make it. I didn't have the strength I wasn't well enough before I went in that I was just going to, you know, go ahead and just pull right on through all this stuff. Because I'll stand here and I'll tell you right now, uh, I, wish, I wished I uh, didn't, but I gave up. I had a... I had pain that I, I don't have words to describe. I don't know how to describe it. And I lay there and I was just, I, I couldn't take it. And I felt when I gave up. I, I said to myself that I can't do it no more. said, I can't take it no more. And so I gave up. And when I did, the devil was right there waiting. And I felt his spirit come on me like a dark cloud. And I literally felt like I was sinking in the bed. Like the bed was closing up around me. And it scared me, and I cried out. And I hollered, and I said, Oh God, I said, I think I'm dying. I said, I need you. And but then, I felt the Lord, I felt His Spirit. And He came and He covered me like a blanket. And He brought peace back in. And He took that fear out. And He spoke to me clearly. And He said, not today. And I started to rally. I started to get better. And I said a prayer. A prayer that I didn't understand. Because I thought of all the things that I could pray, why, w- why was I... Why did I keep saying this one prayer? And what I said was, I asked the Lord to take this situation, which I still couldn't figure out. I still didn't know what was going on. I just knew it was bad. But I said, Take this situation and baffle the minds of the doctors. And then I would stop and I said, That why am I saying that? I I love my doctors. I, I thought she—I thought she was great. I didn't want something bad on them, but that's what it seemed like I was saying. But they didn't understand it because I'm still real cloudy. But every time I'd stop and I'd pray it, I said it over and over. And at this time, I can't—I couldn't move. I was completely, totally immobile. I could—I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't raise a finger. I, I couldn't understand why, and so when my doctor, when she would come in, she would lighten up the room. Try to, she would she would come in and she tease me instantly about cutting my eyes at her because I couldn't see who come in the room. But when she'd come in, I cut my eyes real hard to see who walked in the door. So she said, "You cutting them eyes at me again?" I'm always talking about it. This is just an ongoing joke, but I remember the day the one day that she walked in the, in my room and she walked over to me and she never said a word. But she bent over me so she could look me straight in the face. And she just looked at me for a long time. And she was rubbing my hand. And with tears in her eyes, she said, Kevin, She said, "Do you know that you're a miracle?" I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to say. And she left, and all my other doctors come in, and every one of them said exactly the same thing. They said, "You're a miracle." And they left, and I still hadn't said nothing. I didn't know what to say. I was confused. And so the Lord spoke to me again. He spoke to me many times. But He spoke to me, and He said, He said, with all of their training, all their schooling, all their knowledge, all their experience, He said, that's the best they have. Because everything they saw said, get her in there and set death arrangements now. Because nothing worked. They couldn't say, You're this, this, this treatment we gave you, this medicine we gave you, what, whatever. They, they couldn't say because of this. Because everything they saw said no. But the Lord said yes. It was that oh but then moment. And this this, oh but then came to me from the song. It is finished. You guys have heard the song, I guess, I don't know, but in the first of the song he said there's a line that's drawn through the ages. And on the end of it is the old rugged cross. One side there's evil, one side there's good. And there's a battle. And they said, the battle's raging. And I tell each and every one of you, I look over here at these young kids, you know, and and, and I look at kids so different now. We're the elders of the church, you know, those that, that may be a little aged, but some of us are not necessarily so aged, but we're a little aged in the Lord. We've learned a few things. It says, train up the children. Teach them. Teach them. Don't let somebody else teach them. Kirk Cameron said one time, he said, if you send your children, now he's he's real political. I won't get into that. But he said, if you send your children to be taught by Caesar, don't be surprised if they turn out Romans. Train up your children in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. That's what the Lord said. So I love that the kids are here in church. I love, you know, they, they could be doing anything. I guess. I don't know. Maybe you were made to. Maybe you're a drug in here. But they've got to learn. They've got to see. Life is not full of peaches and cream. It's hard. And when it gets hard, where do you turn? Because there's a battle. And as that song said, It's raging. In that next verse, he sings, and it says, And the earth shakes with the force of the conflict, and the sun refused to shine. And there hangs God's son in the balance. And through the darkness, he cries. It's finished. Praise God, he finished it. He finished it. That battle is done. It's, it's over. But you know, in the next verse, it says, but you know, not all prisoners of war have come home. There's those that are still struggling. There's those that are still fighting a fight that they don't know about the battle's been won. The devil's still beating them up, and but they need to know. We gotta tell them. We gotta share it. He said, if we keep our mouth shut, he said, I'll make the rocks cry out. His word will get out. But Jesus had to be tempted. Just the same as we're tempted. Not all prisoners of war have come home. But he said, "These are battlefields of my own making." And then the next verse. On one of the versions, I know there's that version's probably been sung a hundred different ways. But the one that the Lord allowed me to hear, the very next three words was, "Oh, but then." He said, oh, but then I heard that the king, the king of the ages, he has fought life's battle just for me. And victory is mine, is ours for the claiming. And praise his name, through him I've been set free. It don't matter what we're going through. It don't matter if you got a flat tire or if you're laid up in the hospital in a coma. When I was praying and I was asking the Lord all these things, and I said, Lord, I I know you know all things. This this is not Something that just popped up, and you thought, "Oh goodness, I forgot about that." He knew it from the beginning to the end. But I said, "Lord, I know you know all things. I know that you that you know that I am in all this pain." And I said, "Father, I I, I can't take it." I said, "I need you." And he stopped me and he said, just as plain as hopefully I'm speaking now, he said, I am still God. And he said, and I am on the throne. He said, I hear you. I see you. And he said, you will walk again. So you're asking for the miracle to see one? Don't look at me. I'm not the miracle. I just received it. But Jesus had to be tempted. Let me get back to this. I, I bounce around too much. I'm sorry. I'm crying now, I can't read. Jesus had fasted just before some of this had gone on. He fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. He knew all these things was about to come on. He knew all these things was about to happen. And He Himself, as flesh and blood, had to get right had to get his heart and his soul and his mind right to follow everything that God wanted him to do. Because the best of my knowledge, which is not much, one time in the Scripture it shows like the fleshly part of, uh, of God, of Jesus. Because one time He said, Father, if there be any way, Let this cup pass from Me. But in the same breath, He said, Nevertheless, Thy will be done. He knew what was about to happen. He knew the pain that His flesh was about to receive. And I believe He felt it. I don't believe that He went through it not feeling this. That it was... Some miraculous thing that, that happened. I believe he felt it. And the Scripture tells us, and back to the songs, there's a song that says that he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called the angels to set him free, but he didn't do it. He died for us. He died for us, and I, I, I I make shirts, and I and I got a shirt that I'm designing, and on the shirt it says, "It wasn't the nails that held him to the cross, it was love. His love that we can't fully understand. Why would you die for me? I know me." I know me. I'm not, you know. I'd, I'd be sitting me down, having a big old talk. But just like the thief on the cross, you know, the one tempted him just like Satan did right here. Satan tempted him, and he said, "If you're the son of God, turn turn this bread or these stones into bread." Why did he do that? Because he just fasted for forty days. His flesh was hungry i I can't hardly go four hours in between meals i I got to have something i feel i feel weak I feel faint, but he did it for forty days and forty nights. He fasted so he said, well, why don't you make you some bread? that'd be all right. That would be kind of tempting to me. If I had the power, we'd be having a loaf. But he didn't do it. He, turned he said, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When the disciples and him went into, went into the city to get food, and Jesus stopped off at the well, he didn't go into the city for the food. He went for the woman. He saw her. He saw that need. They come back and they said, you know, Lord, you you realize who this is, right? uh, You know, you ought not be talking to her. And the Lord said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. That's His disciples. Sometimes we forget. It's easy for us to forget in the midst of things that's going on, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the, the, the heat of the battle. Sometimes we forget. But it's okay as long as we get right back up and get going. I had a, had a guy tell me one time, he said, I, I, was, I was trying to get him into church and talk to him about the Lord and he just he just wouldn't hear it. And he said, "Kevin, he said you don't understand. He said I've I've, I've gone too far. You don't, you don't know my life. I've I've done too much." He said, "I'm on a highway to hell." And I said, "Well, thank God for off ramps. I I have to give that credit to the Lord. I'm not that quick." Well, we don't have to stay there. But the devil wants us to think it's over. Your life's over. It's done. We get tempted. We get to going through some things. And sometimes we feel guilty. Gosh, maybe it's something I've done wrong. What did I do wrong? Why is all this going on? You know, we've, we've, we feel all these different emotions. But I believe the Lord had to experience something so others could see. So that others could understand what it was he was doing. We go through things, I believe, so others can see. That they can understand the love of God, the power of God. When everything goes south, where are you going to turn? Where's the world turn? They don't turn to God. They turn to the drugs and the alcohol and and, and, and all these immoral things. Because for the moment, it might help them escape. But it's still there. Jesus fasted. He was hungry. He was tempted with the food. He was tempted with pride. He told told him, he said, if you're the Son of God, he said, cast yourself off this this cliff. If you're the Son of God. As though Jesus was going to say, oh, you think I can't, right? Watch. No, he told him that he shouldn't tempt the Lord thy God. He was tempted with food. He was tempted with, with all these things. The same as we are, and I don't know why this. The Lord gave me this today. I don't know why the the, the temptations. Why do we speak on that? Somebody said something. Maybe because somebody in here uh, needed the prayer or or, or something. You, it, it, somebody's going to face something. You kids are going to face some things. You're going to be tempted. The devil's going to paint this pretty picture. It's going to be fun. It's going to be... You know what? I I can't sit here and lie. I don't tell my kids. My kids don't know half. Well, they don't even know that. They don't know half of my past. I don't want them to know. I'm ashamed of, of things. I was not a good person. But the Lord forgave them. The Lord forgave them. But it's the devil that keeps bringing them back up. He's the one that wants to rob the joy. David said, Restore unto me the joy of... Of thy salvation, it's his salvation. He did it. I gave up in the hospital. I let go. I let go. And I said, as I prayed to him, and and he reminded me, the Lord reminded me of a message that I had one time that I had read uh, in in somewhere, and it was it was titled "Who Holds the Rope." and the story was uh, in this village um, the sheep had ran over a cliff and was sitting on this ledge down below and, and anything off that ledge was certain death and but they the, the men of the village couldn't get him and so they conjured up a plan and they got this little boy over there and they said they said let us tie this rope around you and we're going to let you over And you can grab that sheep and we'll pull you back up. And the little boy thought about it for a long time. And he said, I'll do it on one condition. He said, you let this guy, which was the chief, it was his father. He said, you let him hold the rope. Because I know he won't let go. And so we look at our life, and as I lay there, and the Lord let me reflect on that, and He let me realize I let go. And so I thanked Him. And I said, thank You, Lord, for not letting go. Thank You for holding on to the rope when I couldn't. Thank You for that. But I kept praying all these things about the, 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 the sickness that I was in and the pain. And I said, well, Lord, you know, you know all these things and I'm scared. I said, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I'm bad. And I "Ask Him, I said, can I hold Your hand? And the Lord said, no. And I said, Lord, I don't understand I said I I can't hold your hand and he said no I said how come and he said he said because I'll hold yours in case you let go again and that's what I tell you kids and that's what I tell each and every one of you know who holds the rope. Because He won't let go. But I pray that each and every one of us, at some point in your life, if you've not had one, I pray that you have one. And I pray that you experience an oh-but-then moment. When you're going through something, a trial, a temptation, a sickness, loss of a job, a flat tire—I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, that's that's seemingly overwhelming to you. That the Lord steps in in that oh, but then moment, and you realize that He's there and He's holding the rope. He was tempted just like we are. He knows what we're going through. He said he knows what we have need of before we even ask. He already knows. But he wants us to come to him. If you would just bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for the privilege and the honor. To stand and to share your word and your story. Father, I pray that I was able to deliver it in the manner that you, that you seem fit. Lord, and I pray that you speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, and let us realize that you're there and that we have those oh, but then moments so many times when we don't even realize that we just had one. Father, I pray that You bless each and every life that's represented here. Touch them today and, and, and the days forth. And guide and direct and lift them and encourage them and strengthen them in all things. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.